And we're back. Welcome to Hyperborean Radio with Ike and Jeff in the morning, or as you've come to know us, the Lorekeeper and Celtic God. Did you miss us? We missed you. Of course they did. We're wonderful. We're like the greatest heathen just podcast awesome. on all of the interwebs. There was just there was just something missing while we've been gone. And while we've been gone, we've actually been having a pretty good time. We actually had a conversation uh, not too long ago with... An accredited anthropologist. Oh, hold on. Before we get into that, let's use that as the teaser because there's an accredited anthropologist. At, well, actually, a, a couple few academics, but the anthropologist is the most most uh, interesting one. But we have just released our website. It's, it's going to be perpetually under construction. We ran into resource issues so it's not everything that we wanted it to be but in my humble opinion it is still one of the best resource material it's gathering going to places be ever growing ever yeah. growing like any library like the sagrada familia it's just going to be constantly interactive growing. it's pretty to look at it's in my humble opinion which is extremely humble it is leaps and bounds beyond anything else in the field that you're going to see it's better than the Pope's website. Yes, if you don't believe far. me, check out the official Catholic website and wonder how in the world such a powerful organization has such a bad this website. This is a multi-trillion dollar... Uh, uh, um, what, what's the word? Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, Apparently, because um, the Catholic Church's job is to manifest the kingdom of God on earth, apparently they have really bad internet there. Yes. Well, and... Uh, by the way, if you missed us and you like what it is that we're doing, hold your judgment. Listen listen to the whole podcast, but then you can go support us on Patreon. You can support us on... Buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee. I forgot uh, all the things. It's been so long since we've done this. You can support us directly on Spotify, and you can also, if you'd really like to, you can actually uh, follow us on Spotify so you yep. get alerted when our new episodes drop. Yes. All right, so now that we got all that crap out of the way... Yes. The exciting conversations that we've had while we oh. was on hiatus. Oh, I had a very nice conversation. Well, not a nice, a pleasant conversation. Let's be less facetious about it. A very pleasant conversation with an anthropologist. And I actually had a realization while I was talking to them because we started talking about women in warfare and history and stuff like that. And I brought up that the men would not want their women going to war and going to battle with them because oh, yeah, they're because, fighting uh, for them. She brought up like the shield maidens and stuff, right? Yeah. And I brought up that on average, while there were women that went to war, just like there were men that worked as tailors and sewing stuff, most men didn't want their women going to battle if they didn't have to because they're fighting for them. Right. They are, the women, their their sisters, their mothers, their wives, their daughters, that's who they're fighting for. Right. And she uh, brought up, and this was the part that uh, showed me something that I hadn't realized was a problem. She brought up that, well, yes, and then also, if you have very few men left, but all the women, you can still breed and the tribe can continue and... There, there's so much more breeding potential with the women, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. No one thinks like that. Yeah. No one thinks like that. It, it's not about, well, you see, we have to keep the women here because they're good breeders. No. No. People don't think like that. They're I mean, doing... Who is that... Who that's not completely insane thinks in that way? No In, one. in real life. I'm not talking about in some some obscure, objective... 
you know, far away way of looking at things, but in your own life. No one. No one thinks when they look at their wife, man, she is such a good breeder. <laughs> or, man, she should go fight on the front lines. Wait, sometimes that does happen. But for completely different reasons. Yes, but it, this conversation, and I actually enjoyed it by and large, but this made me realize something. The thing everyone has forgotten is that people exist. Right. Well, and it highlighted to us the, the difference in what we do and why we come to conclusions that we do versus all the other conclusions out there. It's because we take our own nature into account. And more than we're multidisciplinary because the conversation made me realize a lot of people who are looking at history, mythology, folklore, religion, all these different topics, they're looking at it as if people aren't real. Yeah. People are just statistics. They're forgetting the human element. Here's the thing is. Well, and, and you can compound that, too, with they are only anthropologists and ignore history. They are only historians, ignore anthropology. They, they are only historians, ignore folklore. They are only folklorists and ignore history. And, and on and on and on and on. Yeah, they are too specific, and none of them are taking into account the human nature that they're trying to describe. No. Well, that's the thing is of all the subjects that anyone can study, anthropology is literally the study of humans. We're humans. Yeah. We know how we think. How do you remove humans from the study of humans? You can't. In fact, it's the one thing, like if you study an animal, you'll never fully know what dogs think like. You'll never fully know what a chimp thinks like. But you can understand to a point how humans think. And we've always more or less been the way we are now. Yes, there are cultural differences, but on a nature level, well, and here's here's some fun examples of how we still are the same people that we were thousands of years ago. Greek bullet with catch inscribed on. Well, and specifically, it was a sling bullet yes. because, as cool as some Roman steampunk might be, they didn't yeah, quite they didn't have, have, guns have firearms. Yet. But uh, well, yeah, they had firearms. They just didn't have guns. Right. They had fire that they could use as a weapon. Everyone does. It's called lighting yeah. shit on fire. They had firearms. His name was Frank. There was a horrible accident. <laughs> but Frank the, the, the bullets with catch or some variation on, um, there's there's inscriptions in, in weird places that roughly translate to these nuts. Or uh, Charlie It's the equivalent of or, these nuts was here. Or Charlie banged his first woman here. Man, she was a hoe. Yeah. There's... there's or uh, the, the for a good time call. There's the equivalence of these things. The cock and balls carved on Hadrian's right. wall. The laments of how I'm so sad that my beautiful dog died. Charlie was here, or they find. Uh, I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but there's a lion where it's like they they find and imprison so and so for uh, graffiti on this statue. So now we are here to graffiti the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. And I forget the, what the exact inscription was, but that's basically what it means. Uh, me and you are here to give them what for, and we're going to do a huge graffiti all over this lion because they don't like it. Well, and it, it's something I've noticed before, like reading uh, histories of like the witch cults, for instance. Mm -hmm. And they'll start talking about, oh, someone 
they would play music in these grotesque costumes and they'd greet the ki- take the kids and greet them to this person dressed up as the god or the devil or whatever never remember and it's like so it's a mummer's picnic with people in like just normal costumes playing music and occasionally they have like a meet Santa Claus type thing, but with a local day. Well, a lot of those, th- there's also a religious lens that they're looking through because it's the same thing as saying everyone who celebrates Halloween is participating in a, a ceremony and ritual praising Satan. Yeah. How many people out there, raise your hands, have celebrated Halloween and how many of you were actually worshiping Satan as you did it. Mm, very few. I see the one guy in the far back. Put your hand down. You're silly. <laughs> well, and this seems to be, because you can look at it throughout paganism, because it's actually paganism, history, it, modern culture. People have just forgotten people. Yeah. I mean, this is actually, it's been one of my pet peeves for years. Uh, how most people do a lot of the modern forms of neo-paganism. So Asatru, Radnavari, Druidry, Wicca, pick one. They go so far off in left field. And if you look at the individuals doing it, I'm not going to name any names. And then you try to take what they do and you put it on a culture-wide, like a society-wide. It would collapse Oh yeah, immediately. Well, and especially if you look well, at... you see it now. Oh yeah! In our current empire, you see empires. You see it now, currently, where you have weird, uh, not uh, sorry, not weird, strange, strange beliefs that have absolutely nothing to do with nature, and you can just see how everything is collapsing. And, and that's another thing too, with the paying attention to people, because they'll bring up, and I'm going to link it to to, to today. Well, the ancient people didn't believe this way, and they didn't think that way because there's writings from ancient Greece that normalized pedophilia. They're doing that now. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein, Cuties on Netflix, the um, Lactatia, the, the that media complaining read. about that movie, The Sound of Freedom, I think it was called. All, all of these things, if you're an anthropologist from a th- just a thousand years from now and in, into the future, and you're ignoring the people and you're just looking at this information you would think this was the norm it's okay everybody was behind it we know damn well living in the middle of the mess it's only the elites that think this way it's only the elites that believe this crap is okay oh yeah well like just to use some examples of how narrative archaeology can go off the rails you have like the stick figure uh bracterate in the north of britain that is just stick figures but they call it the death of balder because it gets them press or uh the the joke that people are going to find the ruins of disneyland in a thousand years and think we were some sort of weird mouse worshiping cult yeah when that is not at all the case they're looking at things through the wrong lens and they're removing the humanity from humans. Well, it's a lot like we brought this up before. People will have action figures today. We had idols of gods that were action figures, like posable Kids and everything. Kids have had toys for a very, very long time. Well, and what better to actually put on the toys than 
the gods, the heroes, the spirits, these famous figures. The things from for them to folklore. aspire to be and, on occasion, warnings. Well, and it even shows up in modern culture because you look at, like, I don't know, He-Man. He-Man and Skeletor. Oh, yeah. There was idols to both. It, and the Skeletor wasn't necessarily be like Skeletor, although now be like Skeletor. <laughs> but sometimes it's warnings. The, the good guys got to have people to fight. And sometimes it'd be two heroes because what kid doesn't take, I don't know. What adult that likes superheroes haven't hasn't thought, well, who would win in a fight between, uh, I don't know, the Flash and Green Lantern? I'm not even sure if they're in the same They are. Universe. Those are both DC. Okay. Who would win in a fight between these two? Oh, wait. It does happen because there's entire com- comic books wrapped around heroes fighting fighting each other. Well, and here's the thing is if they had a Marvel hero and a uh, DC hero, it wouldn't matter because they have the Green Lantern and they have Spider-Man. Who would win? Right. Doesn't matter. Well, and if you're a little, a little boy in, say, Ancient Greece, because I can only think of one hero off the top of my head that everybody would know. You're a little boy in Greece and you have an action figure of Heracles. Who's he fight? You don't actually need bad guys in the sense of like what we have now, like uh, Skeletor or uh, Thanos. But what you can have is him fighting Achilles or who not necessarily from the same tribal group. So he might be viewed as as a competitor or, well, there's this this great hero in the northern tribes that we're always fighting. So. Hercules versus, I don't know what the guy's name might be, George. (laughs) And the kid fights them. It's two heroes competing with each other. Well, and everyone's done the thing where they have to, where they don't have enough toys, so they'll have to, like, play with their hand or get, like, a sock and it's a puppet. So what would stop a kid from having, like, a Heracles toy fight his fingers like they're the Hydra and just pulling the fingers back? I I mean... The thing, the point is, is a lot of these people, they're forgetting the human part of human nature. Oh, yeah, because that very same thing, the Heracles dolls, I have seen them, I'm not kidding you, actually claim that the reason for giving out these toys around, I think it was Saturnalia and similar holidays, was because it was a stand-in for human sacrificing of their children. Oh, yes. And I'm like... Okay, it's good to know that every single time toss. I got a action figure or a yeah. toy of any Same kind. Same as your parents saying, I wish you would die. Yes. Oh, no. Mom, how bad have they I been? They possibly give out toys and, and trinkets and whatnot because people like them. Yeah, it, it can't be that. It has to no. be a stand-in for human sacrifice. It has to be. They're, they're suppressing their urge to gut their children and eat their intestines. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's It's kind of like that. I'm rather proud of that uh, advertisement that we put on um, Telegram here a couple days ago or last week, whatever it is by the time that you listen to this, with the the standard uh, heathen or pagan uh, podcast versus ours. Yeah. And to me, what comes to mind is you can go listen to the crazy cat ladies or you can listen to some people that genuinely care and think about people. Well, and that's the thing, is one of the things I always recommend to people when they ask, what should I do to be pagan? People watch. First thing, yeah. Yeah. Start observing how people work. Because if, you, if you're if reading a historic text, if you're reading mythology, if you're reading folklore, ask yourself, 
do people actually behave like this? Because, yes, there are some differences. Like, one notable one, uh, boars or eagles. Boars and pigs in general are now viewed fairly negatively. Most people, if they're compared to a pig, it's an insult. Before, the wild boar was a figure associated with fertility strength, and strength. Courage. Because it was an extremely dangerous animal that even bears wouldn't fuck with. It was almost unstoppable because it you couldn't base if it saw you and thought you were an enemy it and, wouldn't charge. And then you got eagles, which one of the funniest descriptions I I heard of of like a pre battle scene, it was uh, I don't remember what specific tribe it was Gauls or Gales. Anyways, the the Roman legion rolls up onto the field, and they deploy, and then all of a sudden all the all the, the tribesmen, the northern tribesmen, start laughing hysterically, running around in circles, waving their arms like wings, doing seagull cries. Well, the eagle and is, it was because of the eagle. Well, even though the eagle is, is the biggest raptor, more or less, the eagle is actually basically an overgrown seagull. Yeah. It, it, the seagull's actually more aggressive because I've seen seagulls swallow, um, swallow a squirrel's hole. The, the 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 seagull will figure out how to go inside a store and steal a sandwich. But it makes me laugh because I put myself in the in the shoes of the Romans in this case. You're all serious. Roll up. We're an unstoppable force. Boom. Set down all the shields. Look out across the field. And then all of a sudden, you, you they start laughing at you, and they break formation. Start running around in circles, waving their arms around like they're insane. And all you hear is. Oh, 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 well, coming well, across the field. If you, it's absolutely hilarious to think of, and I, or to imagine, and I couldn't. It would be horrifying, actually, to be in the Roman shoes in that position. It's like they don't even take us seriously. No, well, by and large, they didn't have a reason to for the longest time because, like, people don't realize Rome got raided, ransacked, and defeated by Gaul like five times, notably. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's notable. It is way more than that because there's several times where it's mentioned kind of like offhand, like, well, last Tuesday. Yeah, like people don't seem to realize Gaul was more powerful than Rome for a long time. It wasn't just well, this. Well, Gaul was more than just Gaul. Everybody imagines like two or three villages from the, the French countryside rolling in. No, 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 no. It was, this is basically the way that that you would do a Gaulish army. It's a Gaulish guy that's in charge, or they came from the Gaulish area. It might there might only be one Gaul in that group. It might be a bunch of uh, Northern Germanics with some some Gales and some Celts and some Bretonians and uh, a handful of guys came from Greece because they wanted in on it. It's who's in charge dictates what it's called or where they're coming from if you don't know who's in charge well and actually you just brought up another thing which is rome and america actually have a lot of parallels and it it's something people have brought up many many times to the mm -hmm. point it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point but a lot of people will shit on rome for what they did mm -hmm. and shit on the romans and i will gladly gladly point out the flaws of the roman system but the average roman i don't necessarily view as liking it just like in america we don't necessarily no. agree with anything our government does well and as a matter of fact towards later stage rome there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the citizenry 
despised their leadership. They despised what ha- what Rome had become. Oh yeah, like the the year of four emperors or whatever, where they literally just as a four instance because yeah, there was a lot more. They than dragged that. one out into the street and killed him, ripped him to shreds, uh, ripped him to pieces. A lot of them, a lot of Romans tried to leave Rome and head north and settle there. So they would settle with the Germanics well, and, and the... The yeah, Romans holes. put legionnaires there not to stop people from coming in at one point. Not to stop people from coming in, but to stop Romans from leaving. Much like in America, it's really hard to move out of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all these parallels, and you can see it. And it's part of why, at least as an American, I can understand the the romans issue and probably to a certain extent while we often view the collapse of rome as a really bad thing a lot of romans actually probably viewed it as a thank the fucking gods Mm -hmm. well and here's here's the wonderful thing about it too is it just stopped oh yeah it Uh, just everybody thinks that there has to be some great civil war and some devastating apocalyptic event but really all that happened was Rome just stopped? It just stopped. I mean, there was an instance where the youthful males of Rome actually burned part of Rome down. Yes, but that was that was just one of the symptoms leading up to. That was actually long before Rome was actually not Rome anymore. And the thing is, is Rome actually never went anywhere. It just changed its name to the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. Well, and it became a much more powerful empire mm-hmm. as a result. Well, and this is the other thing is you. I've seen people, they'll try to say, well, you see... This God is just the mind or this God. Okay. What you're doing is you're taking a academic view of what was a daily spirituality. Yeah. Like people who venerated Sylvanus weren't like, well, you see, he's just a symbolic representation. No one taught like that. Well, we still don't. We don't talk about our current superheroes that way. Oh, superheroes or uh, folkloric figures. Let's go what people typically are a bit more comfortable with recognizing. Your Robin Hoods, your King Arthurs, your Paul Bunyans. Yeah, we don't talk about Robin Hood as, well, you see, he's a symbol of, I mean, academics do. He's a symbol of the wild wood and the rebellious spirit against the Norman invaders. Academics do, but the, the us normal people, we don't do that. And we're we're more interested in the normal people, not some removed academics looking well, down upon and, and the And this ants. is why. This is why. Because... The academics don't create the culture. They don't create the mythology. They don't create these things. What they do is they criticize it and comment on it. Well, and here's another thing, too, with a lot of the academics. Because I'm going to have a suggestion here in a minute. But a lot of the academics, you get them talking about heathenry, the ancient past, the way life was lived. They talk about it in one one way. You bring up Christianity because most of them are Christian. All of a sudden, the way that they speak, the entirety of the way that they speak changes. They do not talk about Christianity as some far-removed, far-flung idea. They talk about it in the current, and they'll use some old stories, but they keep bringing it current, and this applies to my life my life in this way, and it applies to my life in that way, and you can see it in society this way. They don't get super... Well, Jesus Christ represented... The the longing in the human species, and so therefore was but a dream, a dream that man could have. They don't do that. And some of them will. There's actually a growing amount of them that do. That's the funny thing. That same growing amount, though, is also criticizing Christianity and Catholicism and religion in general. Oh, yeah. Religion in that way, the formatted religions. They don't 
say religion isn't a requirement or spirituality isn't a requirement in human human nature, but they are criticizing religion as a control mechanism. Oh yeah, well, it's, and those are the ones that will do that with. Jesus Christ was actually a representation of, of the higher self, while the devil was the lower right. bestial those self. Are, those are the only academics that will do it, and it's because they're not religious in that way. Well, and the thing is, all religion is politics. This is the thing a lot of people don't understand, is if you actually look at why religions, like uh, fundamental dogmatic religions that have books and control structures and all these things, the reason these things pop up is a political control mechanism. Well, and... There's people that have gotten mad at us. Well, you guys are so political. We're not, at least not intentionally. And I used to reject that, just outright reject it. Well, I liked you guys until you got political. But religion is politics, and politics is religion. However, when our, for me, if I'm going to classify myself as being religious, my people are my religion. This then guides my politics as opposed to my politics guiding my beliefs. Well, and a lot of what the, the ethnic way, the way is, is understanding yourself and your people. Mm -hmm. Because this is a lot of what we get positive comments from our fans regarding is I now understand this element. Like, uh, I always thought my family was dysfunctional but then you explained how the gods work and it's like oh yeah all of now all i can see it not only in myself we're not broken we're just we're living in a situation that's not natural we can't really express these things well and in all reality we're always dysfunctional but we come back to the people that matter yeah you're a, you can be dysfunctional as heck it's like the scots and the irish they're dysfunctional as heck they have this massive rivalry bordered on animosity and even hatred at times but don't you dare cross one because the other one will back the other one right well and uh something i was going to bring up which i alluded to was people are always asking us for well getting into heathenry in a hyperborean way what is the best uh, do you have any reading list to suggest and we always kind of skirt that and deflect it and like, no, not, not really. There are reading lists. And, and I, I finally decided what it is and everybody out there is going to hate it. My number one book for people to start with when they get into heathenry, when they try rediscovering the, our ethnic way, the Hyperborean way, is the Christian Bible. And it's because it gives you a contrast. And here's the yeah. thing. The Bible has been slightly Europeanized because there's a different well, Bible for... There's many different Bibles right. for read, Europe. Read all the different versions. But this is why. I'm going to give you a why. It's not because we're pushing Christianity. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite. But you have to understand, it was Christians that wrote down most of our histories, most of our folklore, most of our traditions, they, they're the ones that recorded it, even if they was trying to be academically honest and remove their own bias. You can't, nobody can ever remove all of their own bias. So it's still going to be run through that lens a little bit. Now, I understand that most people grew up with Christianity all around them. Well, I don't need to read that. I understand what it is. No, you don't. You understand what folk Christianity is. First, read the Bible beginning 
to end from the very first word to the very last word just like the book that it is don't skip around don't cherry pick like christians do to make it make sense read every single word as written in order there's different versions feel free to read the many different versions of the bible so that you understand what christianity really is yes because it actually has a book yes it actually has a book it pushes this book bind it to that book that's all that christianity is is that book now your second your your second thing and understanding what this is it's the same as studying your enemy because christianity is the enemy not the folk christian we've already covered this last season a lot but christianity the religion is the enemy of our people so once you get a firm understanding of what christianity actually is and you've read all the parts of the bible that that they don't want you to read because it's it's still in there they haven't removed it like lot's daughters getting him drunk and raping him nightly until they both got got pregnant or noah fucking his son those are still in the bible read all the bible the whole thing then study the papacy because well this area is all uh what, what's that word starts with a p um uh, the baptists the lutheran protestant yeah well this area is protestant and it has nothing to do with it yes it's still based off from the catholicism catholicism most people through most of the writings that we have about our people our history is written through the lens of catholicism the what was the word again you just said it protestant the protestants are just a spin-off of the catholics so study the papacy what did the papacy do what was the approach that the priests took the monks why did they build this here why did they build that there what did they complain about that the peasants were doing oh yeah because uh, you can find some gold there yeah that's like that's why i know things like uh what's that christmas song um what child is this which is also green sleeves yeah. and the reason why there's words to it is because the church put it there because they was complaining because they couldn't stop the damn peasants the pagans from going through the streets singing it at all hours of the day and night and there's no words it's just a haunting tune and melody and they couldn't stop them and they didn't understand why well it's part of the reason we've talked about this in the past hyperborean language is halfway between um harmonizing and growling mm -hmm. and actually once you get the two combined and you add lyrics to it you get how we speak but if you understand what christianity actually is you can then come to understand what folk christianity is at that point you can then dive into all the written records till your heart's content because you will be able to identify the the christian lens and be like oh this part is just written through a christian lens it's probably something different and then don't just flip it there is no easy answer it is considering it cross-referencing that with history with our own nature as a people well, would people actively do this and if so why well and then also understand the bias of whoever you're reading whether they're christian or christian and academic because most academics were historically christian mm -hmm. for instance um they would bitch about how this is how i found stuff to corroborate that we are semi-hibernators as a species is i looked at the history and was like is there something like this and yes there were people that would write down and complain about the french or the russians 
basically hibernating the winter away. They'd get enough food, they'd get enough firewood, and then they'd sleep. They'd sleep as a family. Like, not in a pile, like a freaking prairie dog. They're not lemurs. No, but in the, in the house together. Or um, instances like finding out that Holda, because there's a lot of people that will claim, like, the goddess Holda from Germany is just a corrupted name. Okay, then why is her name showing up a thousand years ago in church texts, complaining about how people keep venerating her? Yeah. Well, and um, for a lot of people, they want to bypass that stuff. And I get it. I, I really do understand why. But everybody ignores that. Some of the best information I've gotten was from priests or monks or academics complaining about the peasantry. Why are they doing this? Um, and Sweden, I think it was. I think it was Sweden. I could be wrong. But a priest is, is talking about how everybody shows up for Easter, for the Easter service. And then they go up in the mountains to worship the giants. As soon as the Easter service is over, they pile out the doors and they run up the mountain to worship the giants. Well, this is, this is actually excellent information. Or uh, the church complaining about how the Swedes won't give up their Tomte gods. Yes. Like, everyone focuses on Thor and Othan. The giants, the trolls, and the, like, Tomte slash, like, elves were the big thorn in the church's side. That's why they're still the major players in those regions today. Well, right up until recently, they was complaining about um, families and their family ghosts. Oh, yeah. And that's up into the 20th, 20th oh, century. Or uh, things they had to ban. Like they had to forcibly make people shave. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, uh, well, it was traditional for men to have long hair and women to have short hair. Maybe in some tribe that I haven't found, but the only instances of women having their hair cut short and men having to grow their hair outs and shave being for- were being forced to as a form of punishment. It was emasculating. It was effeminizing. It, was a f- it wasn't something Masculate that was the like- females. And effeminize the males. Now, stop and take a look around the world right now. And what's going on. And then you also have instances like, in in our recent memory, like you, when you lived in the UP, there'd be a Paul Bunyan fair. And there, the news would talk about all the Satan worshippers at the Bunyan fair. Oh, yeah, it's it freaking insane. And nobody there was worshipping any Satan. We was there having fun and... True, true to form, most people were unaware that was that was participating was unaware, blissfully unaware that was even being said about them. Yep. Well, it's something that's been going on for a most long. Most people time. are too busy living life to actually be aware of you know every little detail. You can't. Well, it's like I said in a recent post: is it would be it. We covered this in the disbelief podcast last season, but it is less accurate to say people believed in their gods and more accurate to say they lived with their gods. Yeah. Because you don't really necessarily like you can go your whole life without seeing a bear in real life. Doesn't mean that you think bears don't exist. It's much the same thing. It's like just because you never meet Frau Hala doesn't mean she's not there. Well, I've never seen an emu, so emus don't exist. This is very clear. <laughs> yeah, those are all CGI animated on YouTube. Yes, the count. birds are not real. Deep fakes. Birds aren't real. Um, but so many things, so many issues that have appeared 
fall apart as soon as you're like, would people actually do this? Would anyone have a use for a, a, a deity, a hero, a custom like this? Let's imagine ourselves in a small village. Let's say, let's go with a mid-sized to bigger village. There's a thousand people in the village. Not a thousand men, a thousand people. So you also have women. Let's say... 49 to 51% of the population is female. And, of course, children. <clears throat> oh, yes. And that, then now you have the children. So what is the number? What, what's a, Let's go with a high number of males, adult men. Let's, let's go with, out of that 1,300, 300 of them are adult males. Now, every year when we, when we plant the, the, um, the fields, Let's also say every one of these men are farmers. There is nothing else there, only agricultural spe specialists. Nobody raises animals. Nobody sews leather. That's all women's work. Men work in the fields. Now, every year, what we do is the first person to break ground in their farm field to plant, as soon as, as the, the, the plow bites into the earth, we all gather around, watch him plant his field or uh, plow his field. And then we're going to grab him and we're going to put him on a table and we're going to smash his skull in and we're going to carve his heart out of his chest and we're going to chant to our, our dark gods for, for a great harvest and we're going to spread his entrails and his blood all over the field and we're going to dance and light fires and then we're going to bury him and the 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 plow and we're going to bury him in a jumping position over the plow and we're going to do this every year and this is something people have actually claimed yeah this was a now, real now now considering how valuable plows are this didn't really happen but people were really saying that yes well they also claimed that the celts worshipped nipples yes you got to be able to have a bullshit but, filter but how long could that culture go on how many years does this happen before somebody, nobody, plows their field? Or somebody walks up and says, you know, it's been famine for a few years. Are you a farmer? Oh, no, I'm not a farmer. I mean, who would be like, oh, yeah, I'm a farmer. Well, then get out there and plow the field. Uh, my plow is broken. Well, I see that you have apple trees over there. They're an illusion. Yeah. I'm an elf. How? Beware. How could this possibly work? Possibly. They, I mean, we aren't even to that level of nonsense, which, by the way, honestly, probably never fucking actually happened. Odds are, because the, the discovery that they used to account for this narrative archaeology, it was a real discovery. I looked it up. I thought it was bullshit, but I looked it up. No, it, it was a real thing. It's uh, kind of shoved off to the side now because they lost the evidence. But I'm willing to roll with it was a real thing. Okay, what is the most likely scenario? You have a respected farmer. Um, he dies. Let's say old age. Old age happens to him. But stories were told about how when he was younger, he would jump over a plow. I don't know that any of this happened. But it makes far more sense already, doesn't it? You see where I'm going with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, and then they just bury him with his plow. Well, what's more likely? That 
the guy got buried with his plow or they were killing farmers every year and throwing out a perfectly good plow. Now think about how valuable plows were. Yeah. It, it's it's the the modern mindset of being able to throw things out easily. The idea that you would throw these things out willy-nilly. These are things that are easy enough to Google. Man buried in grand piano. Man buried with his Harley Davidson or Man on buried his, with his wife. Yeah. Okay, so the man buried was with his wife. When he died, obviously they sacrificed his wife in 1954 to bury her with him. There's no way that they would have exhumed him after she died to then bury her with him. No, no. Had to have done it at the same time. Well, and then there's people be like, well, there's this grave of many people. There are people today that when their favorite rock band breaks up, kill themselves. Yes. I'm not advocating that by any means. I'm merely stating it happens. It's a fact. So, so maybe we sacrifice people to the pink Cadillac God. Maybe we sacrifice people to the Harley Davidson God or the grand piano God. That's what they're saying about our ancient ancestors. Come on now. Does this make any sense? For our people. Well, and then how specifically hyperboreans, does this make any sense? And the answer is no. Well, it's a lot like people. This is another of my sticking points. Runes, mystery, secret. That's what it translates to. Well, yes, because if you write something down and only you and one other person see it, it's like when you're passing notes in class. Right. It's a secret. And people don't really like the idea of the runes just being letters because they don't assume there's any power their, in there. Uh, yeah, it removes their mysticism. But, but it doesn't because it used to be really rare to have anything written down for a long period of time. Paper was expensive. Book binding was expensive. Like any book that we have today is ludicrously cheap because of modern tech. Well, it's even known that we used to keep clay tablets and we'd write on them, and then, and by clay tablets, what it was is you have a wooden frame with a back on it, and then you put clay in there, and then you write. Makes sense, right? It dries out, the letters stay in the clay. However, something that is not commonly told is sometimes what they would do is put water on it, especially before it dried, wipe it clean, and then they would just basically do this to keep a running tally much like what we use paper for today except for think of it as reusable paper now you have old ta older tablets that had dried well why don't we have right a, a million million records of those if, if this was so common because clay is kind of a pain in the ass to process to be able to use in this way so what you do is you take the clay tablet that had dried that you don't need anymore you crush it you turn it to powder you and you pull, reuse it. Yeah, you reconstitute it with water, and guess what? Now you can write again. Well, and you could, we did the same with uh, it, birch that, bark. Yeah, that's. but the clay thing, it's not even a secret. It is right out there in the open, and most of these, most of these people, they completely ignore that. Well, what a lot of people seem to do, and it's why they're forgetting the people, is they're treating this as some sort of ancient... Eldritch knowledge. Let's be honest. Religion. It's a hobby for most it's people. It's a game. I mean, we've actually run into people where uh, they'll say they're pagan, but it's a D and D group. Yeah, it's 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 infinitely frustrating. And well, all we're advocating for is people to return to their to their natures. This does when people return to their natures, there is no room for universalism. Well, and and if you look at most of the issues currently including looking backwards at history just history 
universalism distorts the living shit out of well, all that. Everybody is supposed to be the same. It's like uh, I've been reading about France recently mm-hmm. and how France became France. And one of the things they bring up is that the provincial or the rural villages, which are in some cases just basically have been on their own and self-governing more or less for as long as people can remember, they aren't really like what people think of Paris. Most of what we learn about France is the cities. We don't really learn a lot about provincial France as a society. Well, for a long time, provincial France didn't count except for when they needed to move a military. Yeah, provincial France only counted when they needed warm bodies. Uh, And or to raid the countryside for food. Yep. Because that's literally how the French described it. Raiding them, raiding their their French countryside for food. Well, and the fascinating thing is the way it's written about is these French villages were such a part of the landscape that you could walk past like several of them with thousands of people and never see anybody. Like uh, the way it was described by Victor Hugo was you could go to a forest and it would look deserted like no one lives there. But if you were to remove all the trees at once, there would be a swarm of men there. This is how close traditional hyperboreans, traditionally our people, lived to with nature. nature. Yeah, with nature. It wasn't a whole groovy man. No, 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 no. One but, of my favorite, favorite. I think it was the same book. Uh, stories that you told me from out of there was the wild man. Oh yeah. The, and he, go the, ahead. the guy running around, really hairy, buck naked, that was supposedly able to run as fast as a deer. And he would routinely show up and just spook and scare all the sheep until the shepherd showed up and started uh, basically telling him to go away. And he would run away cackling like freaking puck. <laughs> right. And you told me that. And I'm just sitting here and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out in the audience right now shaking their head saying, I get it. <laughs> I get it. It is a hyperborean. Th- Most of us would do this if well, we could get away with it. Well, yeah. And, and here's the thing is. We're not as far removed from nature as people would like to think. It's actually driving us Or nuts. our ancestors. Oh, yeah. Well, this is something I've brought up is most forms of neo-paganism are unfunctional. But mm-hmm. if you look at the folklore, the mythology, the customs, the culture, the history of all these areas, there starts to be patterns that make sense. Like a common theme in uh, German folklore and mythology, especially in the Alps, is... The gods are basically partially there to keep the peace between the people, have them reach their potential, but they're also to keep us from becoming too civilized, like Krampus. Well, we get sick, we get weak, we we die when we become too civilized. The boars become domestic pigs, the wolves become chihuahuas, and the bears become fat circus bears. But um, Oh, something I was going to bring up earlier when I was talking about, one. my recommendation is study Christianity before diving into paganism. Or diving into the way. The way, when you do take that route, you will see where a lot of these neo-pagan groups, they're looking at the mythology. They're throwing away the, the pagan part of it and holding on to the Christian part of it. Well, what? yeah, it's something we brought up before is people will look at paganism, understand it's been corrupted, but then throw out the pagan parts and keep the Christian parts. Like have a Satan figure. Have or a Abrahamic figure. parts if you prefer. Yes. Well, and and this is the other thing, is once you understand what Christianity is, and part of what we do on Hyperborean Radio is try to point out where the paganism is. Yes. But 
I, we've had people that say they can see the paganism in every day. If you can start not only seeing the paganism, but being able to parse out the Christian, you're really on the way. Because the thing is, we do paganism to some extent every day. It's, it's natural to us. The way is natural to us. It's part of our culture. It's part of our history. You can't really take it away without severing us from ourselves and our and everything that's happened to us and our family and our lines and our people. But if you can figure out how to parse out the Christian, you already pretty much have a mostly finished pagan form. Yeah. Already on hand. It's why I always everything tell people, else after that is just extra bits of information that's interesting to know. Oh yeah. That's why I tell people look into your family history, your line, your ancestry, your family's culture and folklore. Cause most families have some folklore as well. Uh, look into your region's history and your re and the region you're descended from's history. If you're from an area that you're not currently in. Well, and something else that we've been accused of is, well, you guys are talking about it completely mundanely and, and blah, blah, blah. You're trying to remove the spirituality. People need spirituality. Yes, we do. But I'm going to tell you a secret. When everything is spiritual and you're on the out to a person, let's say person A, Everything in their life is spiritual. Person B has their spirituality confined and boxed up. When they look at person A, they think person A is without spirituality. When in reality, everything that person A does is spiritual in nature. Any People that like fishing. I've, this is a common example that, that I've heard people say. I go fishing, and it's a spiritual experience. And there's all kinds of writings where they equate that to the, the Abrahamic God and so on and so forth. I'm sure a lot of people have seen those things. And if you haven't, you don't have to look very hard. But the act of fishing for some people is a spiritual experience. It doesn't require some universalistic Abrahamic God. It, and the way that the Hyperboreans experience that spiritual moment while they're fishing is going to be different from how a Maori person experiences spirituality when they're fishing. Uh, and it doesn't have to be fishing. It can be hunting. It can be weightlifting. It can be cooking. Sewing. It can be sitting there having a good conversation over a cup of coffee with a friend. Yes. All of these things have a, an inherent spirituality to them. All you have to do is open yourself up to understanding yeah these these really are spiritual experiences well it's like people who want to build an ancestral altar you probably already have one the almost guaranteed the you family already photos have one. on the mantle the family photos on the you might carry that that altar in your purse or in your wallet well it's like we we knew some people that used to live near us and they would overhear our podcasts, and of course, they tried to prove us wrong over and over again. And then, when they were right about to move out, uh, you talked to them, and one of them actually said, "Like they explained, yeah, we actually listened to you. We looked it up. You're pretty much right across the board." And she, one of them, even took out their uh, crucifix they were wearing mm -hmm. and said, "I'm not wearing this because I'm Christian anymore. I'm wearing it because my grandmother gave it to me." Right, which or, is perfectly valid. It is a perfectly valid reason for her to wear that crucifix. And especially if she knows the crucifix isn't even a Christian symbol. No, in fact, it's uh, blasphemous for them to have yes. it. 
the, the crucifix, depending on the version, because there's so many versions, my favorite is probably the Baltic. Not my favorite in terms of, like, personal use, but my favorite because the Balts have, like, 50 different crosses, and most of them look like flowers or dudes wearing hats. Yes. It's amazing. They will... It's like Zuckerberg running around, taking everything, claiming that it's his, or Bill Gates taking everything and saying, I thought of this. This was mine and stamping their brand on it. Well, necessity is the mother of invention, and from that spawns culture. It's like people that settle an area with ships or uh, build a lot of ships. Eventually, the ships turn into their houses. You can find these ship houses where the ship was turned upside down, became the roof, and that actually affects the building structure going forward in like yeah, Scandinavia Yeah, did we ever post Iceland. that? Because I we know did. I had a good long conversation with and, you and one of our friends about it. And uh, I'm like, this is what I was talking about. They're literally boats. Or uh, when people first moved out west to where the redwoods and sequoias and stuff are in America, they used the stumps, which in some cases were so big you could use them as a dancing floor, as houses. Yeah. They'd, bur- they'd use the stump as the frame. They would, and, and they would carve out the, the, the house, house inside, the inside the stump. Um, and then there's other wild claims that we made, like America isn't Christian. It's not inherently Christian. It's actually inherently heathen. Well, these are some wild claims because all the experts say that's not so. And, and then here's the proof is because they mentioned God or whatever in their in the founding fathers um, uh, writings. They're cherry picking. The, the, the fathers, yes, a lot of them were Christian, but they also understood the inherent danger of setting up a country to be a Christian theocracy. Yes. As a matter of fact, they wrote a lot of letters and it's even in some of the founding documents about how this is inherently dangerous. Now, America is more than just the 13 colonies. So this is part of our evidence that America is not, or at least wasn't inherently Christian. It wasn't built on Christianity because you have all these people that go out West. Now, here comes in the beautiful part about reading Christian histories and Christian writings. All these churches complaining, requesting money so that they can send missionaries out west to bring Christ to the pioneers and the heathens out west. And the heathens were not the red man. Yeah, the heathens, they weren't worried about the red man. It was... It specifically actually mentioned the heathens, like the mountain men, the pioneers, the the uh, gunfighters, all these people. They need Christ. We need money oh, so that yeah. we can send missionaries well, out to bring God to them. Does that sound at all like well, like it's a Christian nation, a majority Christian nation, or does it sound like most of the nation ran away from Christianity? And it just because otherwise they would have taken it with them, but they didn't. They, they left it behind. Left it. Now... But that was hundreds of years ago. No, it wasn't. It was hundred of years ago. Oh. Hundred. One. Because the cowboy age ran right up until its its official end, I think, is like 1910. Yeah, right before like uh, the Roaring Twenties be- and the Great Depression. Just before World War One is when yeah, that the, age it ended. About, it was about the Victorian age is basically when yeah. it was. And you hear Victorian age. People's like, oh, that was like 500 years ago. No, it wasn't. That was like 100 years ago. Well, there was this thing where someone was talking about a potential D&D campaign, and they were, they were showing time frames, and they're like, 
It is actually historically accurate to have an Old West gunslinger, a gentleman Victorian thief, a uh, aged French pirate from the Caribbean, samurai. and a Japanese samurai all in the same D&D party and have it be historically accurate. Yes. All four of these things existed at the same time. Mindfuck of the day. Yeah. And, and this is the thing is just it all comes back to the people. It, if you forget that people are real, you start thinking of them just like. You start doing things, making moves, understanding things from a direction that is completely nonsensical because other people are just hypothetical to you. Mm -hmm. They're categories. And sometimes How do I quantify this? Well, it's like a lot of people... I'm going to call it main character syndrome. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will behave like they're the shonen protagonist or the, the main character from a book, and they're just waiting to get their their massive amount of people together and they're going to go beat the big bad and it's like real life's more complicated than that there's there's not a this major dark lord that needs to be taken down whether it's putin whether it's hitler whether then it's napoleon pharaoh george Roman washington Emperor, george washington which side of the ocean you're sitting on uh pancho villa people are people and the moment we forget that while it becomes easier to do horrible things it also becomes really hard to understand and fix anything. Yeah. And that isn't some, well, we just all need to get along speech. No, no. Actually, us all getting along is part of what's killing us. Well, and thinking everyone can get along is part of forgetting how people work. Yeah. You can't even get a whole town to get along. Every every You can't even get a whole family to get along. Yeah. Every step beyond an individual is a trial and there has to be something in it or people will slowly start to resent it it's why a lot of countries are falling apart it's why a lot of things are it's not working. why families are falling apart it's why corporations are falling apart because everyone collectively forgot people that people are real people mm -hmm. aren't just numbers people aren't emotionless robots that are programmed like at most people's jobs are the the worker, you, the worker, is treated like a product, like a machine, uh, a cog in a machine. You are easily replaceable. Just do this. Sh shut up. Well, do the thing. They they write in your schedule, and it's people that's writing in your schedule, but they don't take into account travel time, rest, you having unwind time. This doesn't matter to them. You show up here. You leave there. Well, I put an hour in, like if you got a part-time job, this is rampant part-time jobs. I'm going to schedule you from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And I'm going to have you come in at 3 p.m. until 11 p.m. What? Or, um, well, you said that you have to start your other job at 3. But you have me scheduled till 3. Yes, so you can go to your other job. It takes 30 minutes to drive there. Yes. The... It's, and it doesn't requ require some grand conspiracy. But it's just people not thinking of people as people, as real and time. As and having space. emotions, as having ideas. And yes, it would drive you nuts to think of every single person you see, but just understanding that people are people. And sometimes people are assholes. Well, sometimes people are selfish. Sometimes uh, uh, people are Let's go back dishonest. to another podcast that we did, Care. You don't have to care about every individual person on the planet it would drive you insane to even try you you couldn't your our brains can't even comprehend all that it's okay you don't have to think of every individual as a person 
But at least think of the people that you interact with as a living being. Well, and you, you give that courtesy to a dog, to a bird. Why not to another person? And understanding that people are going to think and act like people, yeah. the good and the bad. They're going to love their family, but they might not give a shit about you or anything you care about. Shit, they might be very willing to take everything that you own so that their family can have. And the reality is, is you are the same way. There are people that you would go and take everything that they own so that you and your family can have. Well, and there's reasons why we don't. And it's, it's not all just because of modern society. It's because of things called people. Well, and this is actually one of the things that's breaking people is there's males, there's females. Everyone has their own unique way of, not necessarily unique, but everyone has their self, who they are. Trying to make everyone a generic, you know, to to use it a pop culture example, there's this TV show I used to watch when I was younger called Community. They were so concerned about offending anybody for their mascot when they were creating it for the community college in the show. They made a horrific monstrosity that was just a a, a snow white full body suit with a smite with this really creepy almost horror smiley face and then the logo of the college on the front mm-hmm. because it's the the greendale human being yeah and this is the, this is how they see people whatever your ancestry whatever your culture whatever your personality your skills you are just this replaceable completely generic human being with no qualities whatsoever that should make you unable to lift a box right well and we actually have hit our time there so my thing is i guess i'm going i'm going to just tell people you know don't forget the human human don't forget to human embrace your kindness and your brutality you're not broken none of us are broken in that way and and yeah i i guess uh i'll clarify more next week all right see you guys later and i will just say remember people are real and so were the people that lived a thousand years ago just remember that people are people lore keeper out